I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like recovery. I'd like that. That would be great. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, you're better than you were in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. The hard part for me is... Uh, one of the many hard parts <laughs> is that I was better and then I wasn't. So now feeling feeling better, doing better still has a big question mark that goes with it. Mm. Yeah. So the last time we talked to a microphone, you were just barely recovered enough from the sepsis that you could like sit up long enough to make a recording. Yeah. So so when I think about that, I do feel like some recovery is happening because I can sit up without a problem. You can. Yeah. Uh, which is a nice thing. It's nice to be able to sit up all by yourself when you're an adult and <laughs> not yet in your 80s or something. And you still had some all over body pain. Mm-hmm. from because sepsis is a bloodstream infection so it gets everywhere and then everywhere hurts it does and so a couple of weeks ago you still had a lot of pain just all over everywhere right like i, I couldn't stand in the shower or stand to brush my teeth mm-hmm. i could walk around and brush my teeth you could because standing still has a very different um use of muscles than walking and so standing still would start to hurt but walking and you would end up shuffling in place sometimes. Yeah, washing my hands, trying to move my legs. Uh-huh. I was washing my hands. I don't have uh, that problem. And I, I also am getting a little bit of energy to the point where I have started to feel antsy. Of course, I have been in the house for a very long time. With the exception of the occasional outing for a doctor appointment or a another doctor appointment or <laughs> a child's doctor appointment or a hyperbaric treatment or another doctor appointment. <laughs> Actually, I've managed to move most of the doctor appointments to the web. You can't move hyperbarics that way. But, no. Uh, uh, Yeah, so uh, you took me on a little walk yesterday. That was very nice. I'm glad that you thought it was nice. At first, I was worried that I was just going to be pushing you too hard, and then you'd resent me. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I appreciated getting out, and uh, it wasn't very. It's not very nice out. It's winter. It's cold. It is cold. There has been a lot of snow the past week, and it has finally warmed up enough now that it's starting to melt. It was already starting to evaporate because we do live in the desert. Mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to work on the audio to get the persistent sound of rain. Not rain, but it sounds like rain. Melting snow off of our roof. Yeah, dripping sound. Dripping sound. So yeah. it was very cold and very windy and more than a little bit icy, but you put crampons under your boots and... I did, because the last thing I need to do is fall on my ass or something else. Oh my God. So. You are not allowed to break your hip yet. <laughs> no, I never want to break my hip because I never want another surgery in my life. Uh-uh. I do have to have a minor repair done at some point, but I mean, any like big surgeries. Right. I hope I never need any. Me too. Yeah. I don't so far. I knock on wood, but you're not supposed to do that while the microphone's sitting on the wooden stool. Uh, does, does the wicker of your bench count? Is wicker close enough to wood? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. There's a side table over there. It matches the one downstairs. Yeah, it, it does. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I don't have any signs of needing any of those types of things. No. And usually people at my age start to have some sort of signs of needing it. So right. Hopefully, hopefully we're all good there. D- dying from sepsis has made it to the top of my list of least desirable ways to die. Oh my gosh, you're so miserable. You were just so miserable. And I jokingly said that we both need to get cyanide pills so that if ever either of us gets stuck in the hospital with sepsis again, we can just be like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not really an option, but sometimes you want to pretend there's options. It's it's a joke. It's coping humor. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping to start moving around just a little bit more, maybe going over to the gym and walking slowly on the treadmill, some type of movement because outside and winter are not. I can't like go somewhere and go snowshoeing or something like that. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have that kind of energy. Right. And just taking a walk down the street can be nice variety between that and the gym for a little while, but uh I think I need more you know, more movement than I can get myself uh, from being outside in the weather. Yes. And so it's good that we do have the gym just a couple blocks away, Yeah, which has been for many years my primary source of mental health care. Yes, it is. And feeling cooped up has started to take its toll on your mental health as well. It really has. Yeah. So a little bit of movement yesterday uh, made a big difference. And so I'm going to try to keep that up. Mm-hmm. Since it's such a small amount or, you know, I want to say mild amount of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like a daily application of that is a good idea at this point. Yes, to have some gentle cardiovascular engagement. Yes, exactly. Once or twice a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seems valuable. It does. So, it's good that you were able to get some activity, mm-hmm. and it's also good that you are getting out to appointments because the hyperbarics helped you last time, and it does seem to be helping with recovery and physiological well-being this time. I feel like it's helping. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel glad to have that in my arsenal of, uh, you know, assistance at this point in fighting to get well here. We live in the desert in the mountains, the Mm -hmm. high desert it is called. Mm -hmm. And so hypoxia is a very real concern. A lot of people when they first move to the mountains or move to elevation, take a while to acclimate and feel lethargic and incapacitated Mm -hmm. for a while. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that has been every time you go to the bay and come back, it it kicks you a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I'm when I'm trying to recover, when I leave the bay, it seems like I'm good and I get home and then something happens, you know, after surgery. Right. So I'll stay in the Bay Area, do treatment there, do hyperbarics, uh, seem to be in very good shape, you know. And then you come back to elevation and you're in less good shape. Yeah. And this time I was in terrible shape. Yes. It really, it really hit hard. And, you know, I don't know, like if, if there, if I had any idea that that could happen, I probably would have stayed there, even though there would have been other consequences as far as, uh, everybody else's needing to adjust to that. The boy doesn't adjust to that well. You were at the end of your rope with dealing with his mania. He, well, and that's the thing, like he was just coming down off the mania. And if I had kept managing him solo with him coming down off the mania, I would have found other ways to cope Mm -hmm. as long as he was actually coming down off the mania. Right. But there was no way for me to know that I was about to have a problem when I came home. I mean, we can see a pattern now. Yeah. 
But um, it's already happened. It has. Yeah. And so getting you back into the hyperbarics where you do have greater atmospheric pressure and an oxygenated atmosphere for 90 minutes every day, five days a week Mm -hmm. does seem to be helping. Yeah, it does. So sometimes I'm sitting in the tube thinking, how many weeks am I going to have to do this? Not that it matters because I have to do it as long as I have to do it. Right. Yeah. But also you were able to get back to your regularly scheduled ketamine treatments. Yes, which I wasn't sure I was going to be able to manage right away, in part because of mobility and energy, how much energy I had to spend every day, and I was going to need to drive myself to hyperbarics every day. So initially, I picked a middle-of-the-day appointment because I thought, trying to get moving, and just as the boy goes back to school from winter break, uh, was not, I'm getting there at 8 o'clock in the morning was going to be hard. Not usually a problem for a morning person. Uh, but needing to rest in between things. Then there became more things. The boy has services, services to fulfill with, uh, with juvenile services. He has a class. He has community service from when he got in a fight in November. There's more things. Mm-hmm. And then he needs some other medical care and he has a med management appointment again this coming week. And right. So I was feeling that I was going to have to move some appointments earlier. They had the eight o'clock spot open for hyperbaric. So I moved to the And that allowed me also to get a ketamine treatment in. So that was uh, very helpful because at that point I was becoming extremely irritable. This is something I hadn't noticed in the past. Um, The being cooped up and finally getting a little energy, but also really being tired of being subject to the level of difficulty it is to get our children to manage their chores correctly. And, you know, when you can come and go and you have other things to do, you get a break from being around that all the time. But that began to make me very irritable. And what I was about to say is I hadn't realized in the past how much irritability was depression. I didn't didn't recognize that until I'd been doing ketamine uh, treatments for a little while. And then the doctor at the clinic there said, so tell me about how you're feeling and ask me a lot of questions. And are you feeling less irritable? Are you feeling this or that? And the irritable one really struck me because I thought, oh, irritable. Uh, I've had this diagnosis a long time and no one's ever talked to me about what to do about the irritability that I didn't realize was part of my depression. And I didn't realize either. When you and I first got together, you were really happy-go-lucky. And in hindsight, you know, we both realized that part of that was the fact that you had had hyperthyroid from steroids they had given you thinking that you had asthma when you actually had pertussis. Yes. And, you know, you were not irritable at all. And then over the course of us moving in together and then getting married, you became more and more irritable, which in hindsight, I can see as a physiological thing. But I was thinking that was just you getting annoyed with me and not liking having me around. Right. And so I hadn't even thought about depressive irritability until a doctor is going through a depression symptoms checklist with you. Right. Because this is their their focus of treatment. So uh, once I recognized that and talked to you about it, once we became aware of that, because you weren't the person suffering from the depressive symptoms, 
as I became irritable, you said, you know, this uh, seems like the, ir- the irritability is increasing again, you know, and asking me questions about how that related to my mood overall, and then helping me recognize that I needed to address that with uh, application of chemicals my brain was not providing. Yes, better living through pharmacotherapy. <laughs> yes. And it's it's January, so in America we are dealing with insurance restart. rollovers. Yes, the restart of insurance for the new year, which means um, billing. The billing for my insurance is inevitably going to get convoluted because no matter when a treatment is, for instance, having hyperbarics this last five weekdays, mm-hmm. by the time that gets sent in, the billing gets sent in, and then it's in process and it gets processed. And then the one day of ketamine treatment gets sent in and processed. They might not happen in the order that the services happened. And sometimes they happen at the same time. And so what the ketamine clinic charged me is incorrect or vice versa. Yep. And because there's yeah. the the weird thing about American insurance is that you have what's called a copay where, you know, this is just a standard fee for service model that you pay every time you go see a certain type of doctor has a different copay fee. But then there's also a deductible that is for anything above and beyond those copays and an out-of-pocket maximum, which is all of those things added up after which the insurance is required to pay as long as your services are meeting their expectations. Right. And so it's this weird convoluted math that resets every January 1st mm-hmm. and will continue to be weird and convoluted until you have inevitably paid the maximum amount that they want you to pay and then they'll just pay for everything again. Only on my insurance, so many insurances, folks never get there. Yeah. Or well, the insurance I used to have, you'd get to your out of pocket and then you still had to pay 20%. Yeah. Even though you paid everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then also the part of that initial money, the the way that they incentivize this high deductible plan at my former place of employment or for retirees in that system is um, they give you a health spending card that they preload with part of your deductible. And what I understood and what my former co-worker who's also retired understood was the amount that they put on there on January 1st. And then three to five days later, $400 of it disappeared off of the card. And it turns out for retirees, they don't give you that part. So I don't find it to be a big burden to have to pay the $400 difference. I do find it really annoying that they give it to you and take it back. And it's totally worth acknowledging that even in having all of that, we are ridiculously privileged. Yeah, to have any insurance that covers anything or access to services or etc. But so I was hoping to, I, I was trying not to go to ketamine therapy too soon because I had just spent a bunch of time in the hospital. My body had been through a very toxic situation and I wanted to feel that my body was ready to handle a treatment like that. And I thought in that way, I would also possibly avoid some of the crisscrossing of wires that 
that will, as I said, inevitably happen anyway with the various treatments and how much I'm supposed to pay and if any of them owe me money back and how to get it from them, etc. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, I got to the treatment and I felt like I was ready for that and it seems like it went okay. Um, so, my weekday plans are go to hyperbarics every day, go to ketamine once a week, take a boy to at least a one, one appointment a week and set up his community service and set up his other appointment that he needs for mm-hmm. orthopedic. And then uh, my weekend appoint- um, my weekend time right now, at least immediately, is to make sure I get some movement in twice a day for a reasonable amount of time. Yes. Not too much. And currently reasonable is somewhere between 10 and 30 minutes. Yeah. Our walk yesterday was, I don't know how long because my watch didn't track it, but yours. And I forgot to turn mine off when we came back. <laughs> and it was not 51 minutes. No, I would so. wager it was probably somewhere between 20 and 30. Yeah. I was pretty slow, but we didn't go as far as I use, I usually would take Bob. Mm-hmm. And if Bob's lucky, there might be a space in between the storms that he can have a stroll. Yeah. Bob does not like walk. Bob the dog does not like walking in the snow or on the snow melt or... And try not to say that word that starts with a W again because he's sitting here. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Thankfully, he's sleeping, but... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was, I was trying to avoid it, but yes. I forgot to tell you that. Thank you. I appreciate the correction. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. I don't want to taunt him with something that he hasn't been able to have very much of in the last several weeks. Correct. Which so, is not good for his health either, but I, I am not able to do anything about it. No, and I have taken him once or twice and we've had a friend a family friend come and take him once or twice yeah a couple different people have taken him once or twice it's kind of spotty it's maybe average to once a week Mm -hmm. so yeah so either way it is snowy and there is ice and snow melt and all sorts of other things along the path that you would typically take and his feet do not respond well to those things correct the other thing that may or may not be, we're still working on the experimentation on this, mm-hmm. contributing to your mental, emotional, and physical well-being is your testosterone levels. Mm-hmm. Was it just before the sepsis or just after the sepsis that you went and had your levels checked? After. Just after? And what did the test say? 1595. Which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it should be like between four and 800, usually around 680, something like that that. I mean... Is typical for you. Typical for me. And feels good for you. Feels correct. Right. Seems to function well. Mentally and physically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So having 15 something... Is, 1,500 something. Yeah, it's it's more than double what it should be. And uh, I saw the endocrinologist. The reason I went and got the labs anyway, even though I had just been in the hospital, is it was the end of the year. And so I wasn't going to pay out of pocket for those either way. Mm-hmm. So I thought if there's a chance to get some labs done, I might want to do that. But also, I what's been determined in the meantime is it's likely that my uh, blood levels were not as high as usual considering how much blood the vampires took out over the week I was gone. Because you had a lower than average blood volume, the concentration of testosterone in your system seemed that, that's one abnormally high. That is one possibility. Yeah. It could have just been a fluke test. We've had that happen once before where it was almost 1600 like that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, within a month later, it was normal. And so the endocrinologist is like, there's just something wrong with the test. Mm-hmm. 
So it could be the test. It could have been me. Could have been both. We mm-hmm. don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. He 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 decided to leave everything the way it was and have me do labs in three months. So and he was not concerned. He was not concerned. You were, and so you have been taking a slightly smaller dose. You have a range of dosage that you have been approved to take. Yes. You know, somewhere between 0.4 and 0.7. Correct. And so you typically take just between 0.4 and 0.5. But before this test, you had been edging closer to 0.5. And since then, you've been like, no, just go straight at 0.4, the lowest I can take. Yeah, I I wanted to play it safe with the levels. I don't need to give myself a stroke or something. I don't, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. But then also yesterday you did use the topical and at the same time you went to the gym and between those two things, you did start feeling better. Like you could feel mentally, emotionally, neurochemically, just like, oh yes, now I feel okay. Right. And my determination was mostly that it was the gym, even though it was just, you know, 10 or 12 minutes of walking on the treadmill. Uh, but I can't determine that scientifically because I did not separate the two processes. Uh, I had, you know, used the topical testosterone at your suggestion to see if that would help because I was in a very bad place emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed to try to do whatever I could to figure out how I could help myself. And it, it just so happened that my opportunity to get it over to the treadmill was fairly soon after that, within an hour or two after that. So absolutely, it, it does it, it. Whatever. Um, when you're in that space, yeah, you don't have time for the scientific method. You're just going to throw everything at it. Yeah, you, and that's totally fair. I do. I don't. I don't mean to say that as in any way a judgment or negative statement about how yesterday went. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious if we separate to today, and I mentioned that last night and you agreed that it would be a good idea today to do both things again, but have them separated and see what the individual effects were. Right. Well, it's nearly the middle of the day, so I don't know that we're going to be able to separate them today. We may have to wait till tomorrow mm-hmm. because uh, I don't want to wait too much longer to go over to the treadmill. And right. I, I can't, I typically the topical testosterone is done in the morning. Right. So, and it's not morning anymore. Correct. But if we waited till tomorrow, that would be okay too. It would. Yeah. I'm, I'm just happy that you're doing better than you had been mm-hmm. because it was really, not good for you for a while. No, it wasn't good. So aside from testosterone, is there anything else gendery about all this so far? No. So we'll talk more about the continued physiological recovery from surgery and plans for more surgery at another time. But is that it for now? Uh, I think that'll have to be it for now. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening!
You have to sit right there, so I'm going to move this over here. Is this filter in a good place? Because it looks like I'm looking over it, so... Well, it needs to be in front of your mouth, not in front of your eyes. Right. But, I mean, if I was looking at it, I figured my mouth was it's, still... It's good now. If you imagine... Yeah. Okay. Imagine the straight line between your mouth and the center of... Yeah, okay. Are we ready? Maybe. What else can I do? Is there what, any- what is the pink and the yellow thing? Those are embroidery hoops. Oh, are you going to embroider something? No. Okay. I stretch rubber bands across them and use them for... Oh, okay. I figured they were really play. for embroidery. No. no, they are for stingy and black play. Okay, got it. Are we ready? Sure. Okay. Oh, we forgot to do this in the other room again, didn't we? That's all right. Well, because we're already going, but you're mm-hmm. going to be giving the finger to a lot of cars because there's noise out there with the... I probably am. Yeah. That's okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, I don't know. What am I saying? Uh, things Gen- that got lost to the sepsis. <laughs> gender. I, I like to stop saying that. Okay. I, I feel like that's, I'm, I'm over that. I'm overhearing that. Okay. So, sorry. You, you want to get it back, then I can give it to you. That's okay. Thank you. Gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. I heard the words, but I'll try to remember them. Gender, identity, orientation. Yes. Start with that. Okay. Thank you. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. I had a feeling that once we got to the third word, you'd have the muscle memory for the rest. Yeah. You're so great. I needed the launching off point. You did? Yeah. Where do we get to launch off to now? I don't know. Those cars are distracting to me, too, so... Do you want to move into the other room? Let's just get it over with, because... You, you seem to be fine with it, and you're the one asked to do the editing. I am, and now I'm starting to get a little more annoyed with it, so... Let's move in the other room, then. Okay. Take two. Yes. Although, there's still traffic, but less. Mm-hmm. There's water sounds. There is water sound. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, at least it's a consistent sound, though. A consistent sound is easier to automatically pull from, from the recording. Right. All right. So are you ready to try again? Yeah. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. Okay. Do you want to let Bob in before the I will. comes in? I blame the child for Bob. I do too. <coughs> Come here, let me have your collar. There you go, you little bitch. Okay. Lay down. Okay, it seems like I successfully gave him more pacifier time. Good job. Thank you. Digital binky. Hey, sexy. Hi. Where are we? Where are we starting? At the beginning. What is the beginning?